Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride, and today is the sixth show of 2021. And um, today I thought I might like to continue talking a little bit more about the sign of Gemini, uh, but also talk about the other planets that we consider in astrology that relate to. Um, this matter pertaining to our consciousness and our thought forms and how we form our world and ourselves through this amazing faculty that we have. Um, and and just, to con- just to pursue that a little bit further or talk about that some more with you, uh, and then talk about some other topics today as well about Mercury turning retrograde and the full moon that we're having uh, later this week. So a few things to cover. Um, and of course, after I've done my, my little talk here, I'm going to open up the airwaves and uh, call upon you. Uh, and if you wish to ask a question about the show, that's great, or about yourself and your own chart or someone else's, just give me your first name so I know who I'm talking to. And then also, if you need to give me any information, such as your birth chart or someone else's chart information, um, I would like to have at least the date and place of birth. And if you have the time of birth, then I can, of course, tell you that much more. Um, and if you want to contact me for any reason, both to suggest a topic or questions for the show, um, or if you would like to just contact me and ask a little bit about astrology and maybe get a reading if you want to do that, which is what I do six days a week, um, you could email me at my name, which is Bill Atride, that's B-I-L-L-A-T-T-R-I-D-E at gmail.com. Um, and uh, I'll respond, or you could certainly look for me on social media platforms and Facebook and other areas and Instagram if you want to reach me that way. Um, and and I'll be happy to, to correspond with you or talk to, with, to you about whatever question you may have um, and, and see what you would like to do. Um, okay, and, and then uh, of course going forward I hope to uh, get back to a more regular rotation of trying to do at least two shows per month, but it's been um, I guess as busy as it was last year and I, I'm very grateful to be busy, but working six days a week <laughs> does take its toll. Uh, and so sometimes I just need that Sunday off, um, as I'm sure you all understand, to have a day where I can rest and uh, and get some personal things done. But anyways, um, I'm happy to be here today and very grateful to be so busy as well, uh, regardless. Um, so again, as I, I, as I said, I, what I'd like to do today is to sort of continue what uh, from my posting and if you didn't see the posting you can always go to the blog and read what i wrote about gemini and of course i've written about this many times every time we move into gemini i talk about it or there are significant things moving through gemini i talk about this sign um but of course i always consider everything holistically and one sign is influenced and shaped by another and the same thing with the planets it's sort of like we need to separate things into different categories and experiences, but ultimately we live things in a holistic way and, and, and that way we should understand things as having this interrelationship and mutual influence upon one another and in all things. So I'd like to continue to talk about the sign of Gemini today, but bring in and consider the role of the planets to provide a deeper context for the consideration of our journey in consciousness. Um, As I see it, the story of spirit is equally the journey of the mind of the one, 
through all of us, what I call many ones. Uh, the portal of our quickening is said to be held by the sign of Gemini, which is the gateway of awakening. Gemini is the sign, as I wrote in my posting this week and many times before, that holds that the beginning of the story of spirit is also the story of consciousness. It is the story of the mind of the one moving through the many minds, the forms of consciousness and awareness, awarenesses of all the monads of spirit who left the one at the beginning and who are by their self becoming the one made manifest throughout our cosmic cycle. The first or primary instrument though for our awakening is held by the planet Mercury. Mercury is known as the messenger of the gods who perceives, gathers, transmits, and sorts the basic sensory data by which we seek to understand and make our way in the world. We build our networking of interconnections between the various parts of our bodies and by the networks of our consciousness itself as we equally extend beyond our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies into the energetic networks that flow through and beyond us and through all the kingdoms of life, spirit, consciousness too. But this host of impressions, this more or less raw data, if you will, must be ordered and so arranged so that we can understand ourselves and all these many worlds. That is why we also have Jupiter, which holds the means by which we organize and understand all those myriad forms and data and imp inputs that we obtain by Mercury. Whether held by spiritual, metaphysical, religious, scientific, ethnic, cultural, and tribal ways of knowing, Jupiter is the avatar of meaning and truth. We have these stories we tell about ourselves and make into our wondrous, varied, and innumerable stories about the worlds through which we travel. From the beginning of our journey in self-awareness, we have shared our experiences with one another and made ourselves human by this fact. Whether by song or dance, prose or poetry, painting or sculpture, philosophy, science, or spirituality, we have framed our experiences of our journey with one another to create our treasures of wisdom and truth for ourselves and one another. We have been and will always remain storytellers on this path of awakening. But we also need to not merely protect and pass down our knowledge and wisdom in these stories. It is never enough to just discover or know some greater truth. The point is, after all, to be that truth, to become that truth and make these truths into the realities by which we live in the world. So we have the avatar of reality, the planet Saturn, which serves as the avatar of forms, the institutions that hold these Jupiter stories and teachings. Whether familial, tribal, cultural, 
ethnic, and nation-state structures. And these reality forms incorporate, preserve, and make manifest the multiple levels of knowing in the ways of our world so that we can meet and maintain the means by which we care for one another's needs in our lives. From Jupiter, we find our meanings. From Saturn, we create our orders. One without the other will not last long, but when one is too much or too little, then we lose the meaning or order in our lives. By Saturn, humans can sometimes become too focused upon, let's say, the letter of the law, leading to an order without reason or love. And by Jupiter, we can become too immersed or enamored by our truth that we become blinded to the greater truth of the one. And so could an order that appears spiritual and functional, but leads to great harm. It should be noted that astrologers have always focused upon the larger cycles defined by the regular Jupiter-Saturn alignments as they form a series of elemental phases through fire, earth, air, and water. And we seek to understand and explain the larger patterns of spiritual, cultural, and political histories of humanity. For example, let us look at another time in history where the meanings of life and the structures of life totally changed. And the very nature of humans and what they understood their lives were for and how they should live their lives changed too. The 1200s and 1300s in Europe were defined by a divine hierarchy that descended from God to king to lord to serf. The purpose of your life was to prepare for the afterlife, and the understanding of how to meet that purpose was mediated by the priesthood, who along with the nobility were the only persons who could read the one book of truth, the Bible. Among the many changes in that period, the singular crisis which led to the undoing of that order was the horror of the Black Death in the 1300s. And it was this which forced a dramatic reshaping of the meaning of life and the ordering of human activities. Over those many years of death and destruction, the people struggled to survive as their world order was turned upside down in the span of only a few decades. During the time of the bubonic pandemic, perhaps as much as 30 to 50% percent of the population died. It would be as if today the USA had lost not 600,000 souls, but over 150 million. We really cannot imagine how that would have changed us and our world. But our ancestors faced that, for they had to, and it did change them dramatically. In fact, a new type of human emerged, as did a new spiritual, cultural, and political economic order. Whole regions were depopulated. Countless souls were freed from serfdom 
and became farmers and craftsmen whose lives were not subject to another's absolute rule. Shortly afterwards, the invention of the printing press made it possible for the wider dissemination of the Bible and other books that began to change the way people thought of themselves and their world. Within a generation or two, people began to think more for themselves, to question the stories and the meanings of the stories they had been told by the priesthood. It was the end of a singular and absolute determination of truth. The Renaissance swept across the land and ancient truths and teachings were seeded through the fabric of life and transformed the formerly cloistered worldviews of the powerful and of ordinary people too. The restraints and leveling influence of a rigid hierarchy was overthrown by the freshly released protean power of the human capacity to question, well, everything really, Astrologically, the same cycle that we have just begun in 2020, the alignments of Jupiter and Saturn in air signs began during that period. It was for them an age of new ideas, of new concepts and beliefs, and the meanings and purposes of life changed too. The world changed and they changed. Or did they change and then the world? Really, of course, it's both mutually transforming one another. We have only begun to see how our world is changing, and is it often only by looking back from where we find ourselves in the present, only with the benefit of time and hindsight do we see and understand the change we have become. All we can know now is that we are moving into a new age and a new world. But there are other agencies and powers at work too. And these other planets hold meanings and messages and signal periods of transformation and change too. Principally, these avatars of becoming, of spiritual unfoldment with regards to our thinking and knowing are held for us by two planets beyond Saturn, the outer planets of Uranus and Neptune. Uranus is one of the three aspects of the triune divine hierarchy. Uranus serves to break the orthodoxies and old reality forms that had served their purposes well for a time, but have become like a spiritual rigor mortis now held by the avatar of institutions, which is Saturn. Uranus is the avatar who serves to liberate the mind and open the doors to new perceptions and understandings. Its function is to individualize the mind by freeing our minds from a more narrowly shaped hierarchy of facts, concepts, and beliefs. It holds the spiritual agency of opening our mind to consider angles and approaches that are beyond what had been agreed had been the agreed upon limits of the conceptual frameworks that held us in thrall to a more limited understanding about who and what we are and about the true nature of creation. From 2019 to 2026, as it was in 1935 to 1942, 
Uranus's individuating energies are coursing through the sign of Taurus, and we are experiencing once again a transformation in our understanding of values, how we value ourselves and how we value the world around us is being revolutionized. And we are moving into a new value hierarchy during this time. Neptune is the second of the three avatars of the triune divine, divine hierarchy. Neptune serves to dissolve the boundaries of perceptions and bring greater subtlety to the realms of our consciousness. Its function is in some way to be a balance and a counterpoint to the individuating powers of Uranus. As Neptune's role is to communalize the mind by the everlasting truth that the universe is made and maintained by divine unconditional love. By it, we are to blend and join with one another and to encompass the processes by which we can experience the interconnectedness of all the realms of spirit from the most infinitesimal to the most celestial. As the seer and poet William Blake so wonderfully put it, to see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wild flower. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. The challenge and opportunity we are faced with from 2011 to 2026 is being most certainly elicited by the passage of Neptune through its own sign, the last sign of Pisces. As I've mentioned many times, the previous passage of Neptune through Pisces from 1848 to 1862 was a period when the world went through a time that witnessed a great awakening and yet great tragedy and suffering too. As Neptune dissolves the borders between the kingdoms of spirit and between the realms of thought forms too, wondrous spiritual awakenings and social movements are stimulated. But it is equally a time that many are thrown into even greater confusion and chaos by the lifting of the veils between worlds and many of these often find refuge in narrower and self-referential realms of falsehoods and half-truths. It is not the fault of Neptune, as the cause lies within our own level of spiritual consciousness and practice. The only way to be rightly guided by the muse that is Neptune is by starting from the space of unconditional love that abides in your higher self. The moment any one of us begins to separate our thoughts and actions from this first principle, that is when we may fall into error and bring harm to ourselves and others. The way of Neptune is the way of, a, of the one living faith. It is not based on certainties handed down by some archaic tradition or privileged knowledge of the few. 
the way of Neptune requires that we be humble and filled by the unconditional love and compassion of the one as we seek to better understand ourselves and our worlds. It is not a faith that leads to division, but an openness to wonder and love that is in fact the manifest light of the one shining through us all and in all things too. We also are faced this week with another change in the weather in that Mercury is turning retrograde once again from May 29th to June 22nd. Um, and, and though many will moan and complain about all the snafus and troubles that do seem to accompany this apparently backwards motion of Mercury, as always, the trouble is not with the messenger of the gods. The fault lies within us or in our level of spiritual awareness and practice. Let us remember to always stop to consider and to re-examine our thoughts and equally strive more for greater clarity of messaging, both in transmitting and in receiving. It only takes a little extra effort to make sure that we are being clear to others and that we strive to more deeply understand what they are trying to impart to us. Mercury in retrograde is a time to heal our minds and reform our actions. And we should be grateful to and welcome this reminder to take, how, take care of how we speak with and act towards one another. Finally, there is another full moon this week, um, and it's with the sun now being in Gemini, and that means the moon is in Sagittarius. It is a reminder uh, to remember that we are all formed and we frame our understanding of our world by the twin faculties of inductive knowing held by Gemini and of deductive reasoning, Sagittarius, and that each is necessary to the other. We have to gather facts and assemble those facts into our theories and concepts and beliefs. But from those theories and concepts and beliefs, we then look out upon the world and determine what are data and facts to us. So it's a, it's a dynamic process of constantly questioning those theories in order to see what we might be missing and keeping open to new inputs and data to keep informing and fleshing out our theories. One without the other does not work. And but this full moon will be a little more consequential as it is also a full moon eclipse as well. The full moon is happening on May the 26th around 7.14 a.m. in the Eastern time zone. So the sun will have risen and the moon will have set, but it will be becoming uh, eclipsed before the sun rises. And it will be happening about 4.14 a.m. Uh, in the Pacific time zone. So the moon will be still up in the sky to be seen at that point. Okay? All right. Um, I think that's enough for from me today, or I'm sure there's, there's many more things I could talk about here I'd love to talk about. 
um, but I'm going to uh, call on you who are waiting there patiently and see what you might want to talk about with me today. So let me uh, pick out the first caller and uh, see who's here. And um, this is somebody calling from area code 805. You're on with Bill. Who's this? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Bill. My phone kept dropping. My fault. Um, how are I'm you? I'm fine. Who's this? This is Donna. I'm, I'm in California, Hi. Santa Barbara. Hi there. Hi. Hi. <laughs> how, Hi. How are you doing, Donna? I called you before. Yes, yes. I, I, I recognize your <laughs> yes, voice, thanks. and I, I, I've opened up my database, and I find there's, there's only in my blog talk database, oh. there's a Donna, so I've got your chart there. I'm pulling it up right now as we speak. That's me. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I want to know about finances, because it's been kind of hard for me. Mm -hmm. And I've got all these expenses coming up. I kind of like went into a narrow parking place and I got to fix the car now. And, you know, there's different things. Oh. And so I wanted to know. Usually I've been lucky before in the past. Um, I don't work because I'm on a fixed income. I'm retired. Right. But, um, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see where where the planets are moving right now and what might be influencing. So you're... You're you're looking to see if there's some change in the weather financially, or if, or conditions are going to improve, or are they going to continue? Yeah. Okay, uh, let's yeah. see what what influences are Please. are weighing in here. Um, I mean, first I always look at the progress chart to see what that may show. Um, and your moon, well, you, it's interesting. We we're talking about Gemini. Your moon is going through Gemini. Your progress moon that is for more than a year now. Um, starting way back in um, in 2020 and continues all this year till we get to the summer spring summer of 2022 and that underlies everything the progress moon saying that this is a time in donna's life where she will have to pull up even more into her qualities of ingenuity and adaptability um, because life is going to present you with some a series of challenges that require that you rethink things. We have our techniques and ways of coping with the day-to-day -day and our life in general, and they're functional, but the world's changing, and so are we. And we may go into periods where, uh-oh, I can't do this this way anymore, and I've got to change. So it's a time to put the thinking cap on and rethink things and show show how much I can be pliable, flexible, and adaptable in how I deal with my world and solve the problems in my life. Um, and, you know, it, it's, we all need to be, we all need to be firm and determined and steadfast in certain things, but there are times that call for bending more. Of course, you are, of course, a Taurus, um, and you have a lot of fixed energy in your chart. So you prefer things to be steady and less change. <laughs> Let's put it that way, um, having more having more steadiness and constancy. And so it's a little more of an ask for you to be adaptable, but that's something you have to do at this time is what your chart's saying. But let's see what's happening more directly affecting the material side of things. So let's go and see what's happening here. Um, uh, that's there. I'm just going up and down the list before I comment on it and let's see what Saturn is doing because it's the teacher um, uh, and sure enough um, Saturn this year um, as it moves through the beginning of Aquarius 
is actually lining up with your Jupiter three times this year, um, Donna. And Jupiter's growth, expansion, bountifulness, expansiveness, we all love Jupiter, but we all run into limits and we have to then cut back or restrain or choose one thing over another. And certainly when Saturn's going over our Jupiter, we're not going to feel as much abundance, but more constraint. And it doesn't mean terrible things. It just means this is a year where I've got to pay particular attention and I may have to cut out one thing for another or trim things in order to get through a more narrow period for whatever reason. So I'm just saying it's not a terrible thing. It just says this is a voice of caution and carefulness that you're experiencing in your life right now. Um, and that's what Saturn is saying. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Jupiter itself is not forming any great difficult patterns in your chart. Actually, it's quite supportive. So I don't think this is like hitting a really bad time. It's just more like a period of, okay, there are some things happening here that require my adjustment or making that adjustment in inputs and outputs. Um, and so I need to sort of prioritize what I need to do um, and say, okay, that I'd, I'd like to do this, but I can't do this now, but this is necessary. So I'm gonna find a way to get that done. Um, so your, your range or your stre stretching yourself beyond a certain limit this year is constrained, okay? Um, and you just have to accept that. Mm -hmm. there's, there's nothing to be done about it except yeah. to accept it, okay? Um, that's that's yeah. the message. There's also, I mean, there's also something affecting, I would imagine, uh, it, it might, you might think it's coming from your, the physical material side of your life, but it's actually much more about um, to do with issues of security and home and feeling, feeling comfortable about your situation, because that's Neptune moving through Pisces now is actually this year lining up with your moon um, in a powerful way. And that is often a time of increased sensitivity, um, but also that can lead to, um, you know, feeling emotional tension. And it was really exact here um, just days ago um, in early May. So this is sort of, there's sort of a, Sort of a, a sort of an air of fog or confusions descended, um, and so you may not be seeing some things as clearly as you need to, um, and it means I maybe need to talk with someone I really know I trust, and has always been there for me as a good sounding board or point of another point of view to help clear my thinking and feelings up, because my own my own consciousness, my own feeling nature is a little more clouded at this time, okay? Um, are, are you feeling a little more emotionally mm -hmm. insecure or, or something like that right now? I think I am, yeah. Yeah. I have a housing appointment coming up in about a month okay. and they uh, go over everything every year. Okay. But I think I'm going to be okay. I don't know. I had a little bit too much one month in there. So I hope they pass me. Okay. Well, that's it. There may be some, you know, I mean, always when we're faced with the unknown, like what's going to happen, we can think, oh, everything's going to be fine, or oh, my God, what's going to happen? We get go fearful. 
And of course, you don't want to live with that because it's draining and debilitating and, and, and we're maybe getting going all through this for no reason. So we need to sort of snap out of it, but to snap out of it, we may need some help with someone who can provide a more objective viewing of the situation and look at what we're looking at and saying, oh, there's nothing here. You're fine. And, and then we feel much better about it. So uh, yeah. is there someone in your life who's sort of like you're a person you lean upon for you know, common sense or being sort of more steady, um, a steady, fo steadying force in your life. Is there someone there to do that? No, um, no, I'm all by myself. Well, then that's yeah. maybe that's the thing that, so that's, that, that's the, the, the emotional when Neptune goes over the moon, I'm feeling that I don't have this connection. Um, and it is Neptune is in your seventh right. house of relationships and that's all relationships hitting your moon in the fourth house of home. Um, and it's quite true that, you know, your security, it partly is found of course in the home because your moon is there and for all of us, the home is, so it should be a place of security, but your moon also yeah. rules your 11th house of friends. And that means the part of the path to to feeling secure in your life is it could be just one good friend or a couple of good friends or, you know, whatever it may be. So I think part of the need is to sort of maybe find some activity or function that you join up with that brings you into contact with other people uh, and you make a new friend or strengthen an old friendship by getting out there and doing something. Um, I would strongly. Yeah, uh, I am close to my sister. I don't burden my sister with my problems because she had she just lost a son. Oh, oh my and, gosh! You know, so I can't put any of my any of my stuff. Oh on no, her. no, no! I, I mean, no, no. She needs she needs you. So she needs your help, yeah. and that's the other way to make you feel better about exactly. yourself is being there to help someone in their time of need. Um, and so rather than focusing on me, let me focus on someone else and their trial, uh, their time of tribulation, and and just being there for them, not even doing anything, just being there for them, comforting them, um, lifts that burden for them. And, and I feel so much better about myself that I've, because I've done what I've done and they appreciate it. So I would definitely reach out to her. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. But I would also, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't ignore the first. So next year will be better. Well, huh? the, the, it was not that this year's bad, but this influence is something that you don't have to live with. You have to do something about because it it could continue for two years. This this kind of energy, it will be it will be there for a while, but it need not be manifesting this way if you work with the energy to to move yourself along that path of caring and comfort for yourself and for others, which are really there. They're bound to each other. We take care of others. We take care of ourselves, and vice versa. So, I would very much encourage you to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Will do. Thank you very much, oh, Bill. I you're very you. welcome, Donna. Okay. Good talking day. to you again. Okay. Bye now. All right. Um, let's go on to this person. Hi. You're. Oh, I'm waiting for it to connect. Hi, you're on with Bill, and the area code is, I think it's not a real number, so I'm just going to say it's what it's 111. So it, no, it's a Skype. Oh, it's a Skype. Oh, that's a Skype. Okay, yeah, so it, it Skype. doesn't have a, can I, can, I can hear you. Yep, yep. who's this? 
<laughs> hey, um, my name is Sue. I've never called you before. I'm calling from London. Oh, great. Hi, Sue. Hi. Hi. Um, I had my chart done by an astrologer uh-huh. uh, oh, about a year and a half ago, and he told me that there's something really large coming okay. up, some sort of grand conjunction coming up that never he's never seen before coming oh, wow. up okay. um, in a few months close to my birthday. All right. And um, he, he was really curious about it, but I'm wondering whether maybe you would know more about sure. it. Sure. Um, could I give you my oh, birthday? Oh, please do. Yes. What's your birthday? August 29th, mm-hmm. 65. Okay. And the time of birth? Um, in the morning, it was around 10.30, I think. 10.30 a.m. Okay. And the city? A.m. Say again? Toronto. Toronto. Okay, Toronto, Ontario. Toronto. Ontario, right. Okay. All right. Um, so you're April, August 29, 1965, 10.30 a.m., Toronto, Ontario, Canada. As you know, you're, I hope you know, you're a Virgo with your moon in Libra, and yeah. you also have Libra as your rising sign. So you're yeah. Virgo double Libra, as we would say, astrologically. Yeah. Okay, um, let me... Look at the chart. I'm a lot of Libra. Yeah, I'm a lot. There, of there, there's a bit of, yeah, when you're a double Libra, that's a lot right there. And you also, you're a Virgo, and also your Venus is in Libra right next to your moon. I mean, in in terms of how they line up in a chart, uh, which means you feel like a Libra and you want to be a Libra. So you, <laughs> so there's a lot of Libra qualities there. Um, well, let's see what's coming in your chart. Um in terms of significant passages at this time is your progressed moon is catching up to your progressed sun. Um, And that'll happen in a person's chart about every 29 years or so, but and then it's based, the next one is 29 years. And given that you were born just after a new moon, um, this would be the second one in your life. The first one would have been roughly when you were about 27 years old and now this one. Um, and a new moon is a seed being planted in the chart and releasing itself in that realm and beginning to influence and change the person over time with regards to um, perhaps many things. Um, and so it's a new moon taking place. The sun has just progressed into Scorpio. The moon's catching up and Libra will be in Scorpio when it gets to your sun. And let me just see, I'll run the actual calculations to see when all this is happening. And go back a little bit to last year too to see where it's all come from. So just bear with me a second. Back in the day, we would look up in an ephemeris and try to look at all the planets and where they're moving and then calculate in our heads what's going on. Now we just tell the computer to do the work and we can get to the interpreting part right away, which is much better. But still, uh, uh, it's 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 good to know how it all works. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, your your progressed new moon is occurring just days before your birthday on August the twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. Okay, is that, is that what he was saying? It was something quite large. Well, yeah, I mean a, a new something quite yeah. I mean a new moon is significant, and and it would speak back to twenty nine years ago when the last new moon took place in your chart, um, and. Again, other things are happening in the chart, but it's not something that an astrologer would say, oh, I've never seen this before. Um, this happens 
in any one person's life, two or three, even four times in a life, a person may have a new moon in their chart, but it is significant. It is, you might say that right now you're preparing for a new beginning um, and a new emergence of a new form of you. And so in a way you've been getting this ready for several years um, and you release this moment of release um, is like a seed planted, but it will now germinate and grow. And you'll look back at this turning point in 2021 in a couple of years from now, two to three years from now, you'll look back and say, oh my goodness, that is when these new interests, directions, activities, sense of being or purposefulness began to emerge in my life. At the time, I'm doing this and this and this. I don't know what's what it is or what it might be. But looking back, I say, oh my gosh, that's when it started. Like for me, when I got into astrology, <laughs> I was studying many things and didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I was studying philosophy and everything and all these things. And I finally, and psychology. And if you'd asked me at the time, I'd say, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Oh, I'm, I just started looking at astrology. I wouldn't have said, this is it. But I would have noted that I'm very excited and it's very stimulating and I'm, I'm passionate about it. But it wasn't yet what I had figured out, this is going to be my life. But when I look back at that moment at the new moon, that's when my new life began to emerge. So we can look for signs of it, but don't look too hard because the thing to do at a new moon is to be open to the repotentialization of your life, that you are at a new beginning. And at new, so it's not. What? So it's not necessarily a bad. Oh thing. no, no, it's not a bad thing. It is, it is, it is the wellspring of potentials. It's, it's like, it's the seed of something starting, and and that the that what you want to realize is that we all have the potential, over time, to be or become anything. Um, but of course, we make choices and and so limit ourselves in terms of what we're doing and what we can do at any one time. But at certain moments, there is a greater ability to remake a new statement of self and to make a new direction start in our life. And this is such a time. So I'd say, no, this is joyful. This is wonderful. This is this is um, I mean, any moment can be a new beginning, of course, truthfully. But but a new moon is very special um, for an individual now. Of course, other things are happening in the chart at the same time. And given your time of birth is 10:30 a.m., and you were you very sure about that, or you're, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a more or less. It was it was about it was around it was between 10 and 11. Okay, so you're you're giving me a ballpark. So the 10, yeah, so 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 with that kind of a range of an hour and that we're taking the which, which we do we get 10 to 11 we say okay 10 30 and we know we're within half an hour there is still some variation in regards to timing in your chart of planets moving into houses or planets moving in certain relationship to one another so we're i have to be a little more circumspect about the timing but this thing about the progressed new moon that would be happening no matter what i mean that that is definitely happening um, but looking at other things going on in your chart right now just to see what maybe mm. he said there was a new planet something to do with a new a new, a new planet. planet i don't know about a new planet um myself um but i i i'm a classicist i work with 
you know, the classical planets, I don't even use asteroids because I find there's more than enough material for yeah. me pulling out what I do through just the, the classical hierarchy of the traditional planets. Um, but many people use asteroids and other things and find great, you know, meaningfulness through that. And great, um, they should. Um, I guess the thing that I would also be highlighting for you right now um, is that this is a this is a year where um, the planet Saturn, which is the teacher and tester of the chart, it was causing a little difficulty and frustration as the year began. Like in January, February, you might have felt like I'm driving with the brakes on. And it's kind of frustrating. What's going on here? Um, yeah, yeah, but that that yeah, would have that would yeah. have lifted somewhat. And by April, you're now experiencing three three yeah. times this year. Yeah. Um, a very nice experience of Saturn, which is the teacher and tester and yeah, whatever, yeah, going over your Venus, but yeah. in a very positive way. Venus is the planet of value, beauty, and love. Yeah. And when Saturn lines up with Venus, then we're finding that there's more harmony now in my life because I've, I am more happy and secure in the love I have for myself and or the love I have with others or with beauty in the world. I mean, sometimes there's years where we're struggling at work and we don't have time for friends or we're, or whatever the imbalance may be. And so we find ourselves not feeling so, the love so much. But this is a year where you've got a nice balance between your work life and your social or love life, it would argue. Um, and that any relationship that may have needed some work, the work is being done and the relationship gets better. And if I'm not in a relationship or I'm moving into one, this would provide a very steadying influence to see that it grows and builds a solid or more solid foundation during the course of the year. So at least in terms of, again, Venus is the ruler for Libra, so it would rule your, and again, Matt, even if you're born at 10 a.m., or probably at 11 a.m., you're still going to have Libra rising. And no matter what, you're going to have Venus and the moon always in Libra throughout that whole day. So that's there regardless. Um, so having this alignment of Saturn to your Venus is going to be a very steadying influence for you in terms of love this year and beauty this year. Um, that's what it indicates, OK? Okay, well, thank you very much. That's definitely, yeah. um, you've confirmed what I always felt with uh, myself. Definitely beauty is important to me. Being well, no, you're, you're, and my well, no, you're, 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 right, you're right, you have, I say to people like you, because you have the moon lined up with your Venus, that your experience of beauty, of aesthetics, of art, of human production of create a beauty and the natural yeah. world of beauty. Yeah. It's no, it's, it's more than huge. You're the kind of person, I say this is my metaphor for people like you, you're the kind of person who sees sound and you hear colors. It's extraordinary. Um, and you might think, well, doesn't everybody? Like they, they see a beautiful color, they, they, they feel, they smile or they cry because it's so beautiful. No, some people just look at a color, oh, that's a nice color. <laughs> that's what they are. And that's okay that they have some, 
they, they have something else but you yeah. you're the kind of person who would walk in a room and you'd look at a color and say oh that's antique chinese ruby and you'd be and that's what's on a ming vase you would just know that or things like that because your your tastes your sensibility in in artistic matters and, and in cultural matters is that much more heightened and you love to talk about very, yeah, you love to talk about this it, it, yeah yeah um it is it's very important I'm discerning. I'm well, very again, discerning. you're a Virgo, and Virgos don't. Yeah, it's it's a challenge. <laughs> very discerning. Well, yeah. that's again, that's Virgo. Virgo, Vir, Virgo is clear, um, but it's interesting because you you're born with your all that Virgo in your chart, but opposite in your chart is that Saturn in Pisces, um, and that certainly gives you that contrast between the detail of and nuance and particularity of Virgo complemented by looking at the big picture, looking at the whole of things too, is something you sort of hold those two things together in your life or you're meant to. And one more thing, just then I'll let you go. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah, I, so, I'm so, so, as a writer yeah. and I make things presentable in a way that nobody, and now I'm getting a lot of, um, a lot of attention for oh, what yeah. I do. You know, it's very subtle, but I make things quite attractive. Well, you're, you, you're um, Mercury. You, for, remember, for, you're Mercury, which is the ruler of the sign of Virgo, the planet of the mind and communications, the messenger. It's exactly lined up with the planet Neptune, the planet of dreams and vision and the imagination. So you have a very unusual mind. It's a very creative and imaginative mind. It's the mind of a storyteller or a painter or a sculptor or a writer of poetry. Um, it, the imagination yeah, is highly yeah. stimulated when Mercury is lined up with Neptune. Um, you, you, you don't see things like other people. You don't hear things like other people. Um, so it's, it's wonderful for what you usually we find our way to do what we should do because it's just there. But this would certainly say that, yes, one of my greatest strengths is that I'm what I call it. It's that you're an imagineer, you're a dreamer and a visionary, and you have quite a creative touch in this lifetime. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, yes, thank you're, you very much. You're very welcome. I... Okay. Well, it's nice to, nice to meet you. And uh, I'll call again soon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Bye for now. You too. Take Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, everyone. Well, I'm actually beginning to feel a little tickle in my throat, and I'm sorry, but I think I better stop before I um, um, lose my voice because I can feel it's about to go, it's about to crack, and I know what that feels like, and I don't want to do that. So I'm going to I'm going to make this a shorter session or shorter show today. I will be away for next week, I believe, but I'll be back the week after and have another show for all of you again. Okay, so uh, good, to, good to be with you all today, and I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Bye for now.